0: Two. That's a rap pod. I am your host, our co-host Jay Rosales. I'm joined by who we got on the line here, guys.
1: Ah, uh, uh, well, you got me. We got Jay number two. um What's up, guys? <laughs> and you also have Andreas, Andreas, and Jay and Jay. Actually, nah. Andreas and CJ's PJs. Nice. Oh gosh,
0: it already made the pod. Uh, <laughs> so thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, remember, this is a podcast that's made by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. We're glad to have you along. Uh, remember to uh, follow us on Twitter at That's a Rap Pod, um, and we've got a lot of content to fill today. Because guess what, boys? Raptors are four and zero. Oh. Four and
2: zero, oh, baby. I'm I, the only team currently. Eighty two and zero. Oh, I'm calling it yes. I'm calling you right now.
1: Well, no, don't do that because that's when we start to dip. <laughs> <laughs>
2: don't do that. Okay. Okay. Fine. Let's let's say that we knock on wood. We do lose. Hopefully, not soon. Who do you think will actually lose it? Because. Prior to this season, we would lose to someone like Kemba Walker and the Charlotte Hornets, if you, if you remember correctly.
0: Or even, you know, actually I think even a, a more, I guess, later example than that, that Wizards game. I mean, it was the road, on the road, back-to-back, resting Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Washington had all the incentive in the world to like just lay it on us because they were at home, about to embark on a five-game road trip. They want to get the revenge on the team that eliminated them. Like Everything was just perfect for them to pull out the victory. And still, we pulled it out.
1: Yeah. But more on that amazing loss of theirs in a minute. But um, we, the Raptors, I guess because they did so well in the East, have had a really rough schedule. But they've been pulling it off because uh, we'll get into the games we've won in a second. But if you're asking about who I think we're going to lose to... We face the Timberwolves tomorrow. Probably today. By the time this podcast is up, The Mavericks, which are a little bit revamped, so we'll see how that, how that goes. Um, Yanni Idenagupo and the Bucks, the Seventy Sixers, maybe the Bucks are the Seventy Sixers. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, you can make the case for for a lot of those teams. Um, but I think what 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 helps for Raptors fans, I guess, if it puts you at ease, is first of all, we're by the end of this week, by the end of that Mavs game on Friday. We will have already played five home games in the first nine regular season days, um, mm-hmm. so that favors the Raptors. And then by the time uh, we visit Milwaukee and face uh, the Greek Freak and Budenholzer's uh, new offense, the Raptors would have already rested for two days, right? So that's they're off Saturday and Sunday before going into Milwaukee. So they will be well rested. Um, so you know, mm-hmm. it's it's not really a, a totally bad situation for the Raptors. Um, the Sixers one could be difficult because that's on the back end of a of a back to back. But then again, we'll be at home where surprise, surprise, Toronto has the number one um, currently the number one uh, rated attendance in the league. So we have the most fans and best fans, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, then after that, we got a four game road trip um, with very winnable games against the Suns and an interesting one against uh, LeBron's Lakers. But uh, yeah, we've got it's it's a very manageable. Uh, rest of October if you ask me and
2: speaking about all the home games too talk about being accumulated with the city uh, for someone like Kawhi and danny um being at home sleeping in your own bed and being comfortable where you are with the situation you're in like it's it's really helpful to play all these home games being accumulated with your crowd and and your teammates and then being able to go on the road it's almost like they're allowing the players to prepare to be together for such a long road trip and uh you know four games on the west coast is it's it's no easy task. Even if we were gonna face like someone like Phoenix or Sacramento, it's still gonna be in the West Coast, you know.
0: Yeah, and then you missed one very important point about being able to sleep at home is you have your CJs, PJs, right?
1: <laughs> yes. I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought of that. <laughs> I'm like,
0: yo, if you're not gonna jump in, I'm gonna jump
1: in. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not the only one who embarrassed myself with with Nah <laughs> CJ's PGAs. I mean, look, the way I see it, that's going to play at every Raptors game that's on TV, or if you go in person. So I mean, let's let's get used to it. So, go, Daddy. Let's let's run with it. But you know, looking at the schedule, none of it seems imp- like even if we were to go up against Golden State, which we don't for a while. No, that's uh, not
0: until November. 29th. End of November. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So. Even then, I think there's still a shot because the Cousins is still out by then.
0: Well, we don't know. Uh, last report, um, I think it was just two days ago. Steve Kerr was mentioning how uh, Boogie is starting to look look really good in practice. So he's hitting the floor. Um, but again, that's that's over a month away. Um, you know, when we're looking at the schedule, I try not to look further than I know the Raptors will say. You know, we're not looking past the next game, but. You know there are there are trap games along the way. you know, I mentioned earlier the road that four game road trip that we've got in the beginning of November, uh, facing LeBron in l a you know while that is probably a winnable game for the Raptors, they then have to go the next day to Utah, uh, who is, you know, in many people's eyes, a, a top three, maybe top four contender in the in the West, so you know. Going Lakers then Jazz on a on a road back to back. I mean that's uh, both of those are are, are dangerous games and,
2: I, and a possible uh, first. loss. I also loss. feel that honestly, Golden State besides I think besides like Toronto, I think Golden State is the only one that looks dangerous. But even then, they look beatable too. Um, everyone's going to say playoffs are the most important part, but you know you have to learn how to win too. And Golden State doesn't seem to be at their top tier. They don't look like the juggernaut that everyone is saying that they they've been for the last you know three or four years, and of and you know Boston just lost to Orlando f- by from all teams, so Toronto looks they they look incredible with this four and zero start. Like my God, I don't see anyone else that could beat us.
1: Yeah, or yeah. It's like it's... guaranteed to beat us. That's that's
0: and and you know what you can I I without trying to be biased here. I mean that's uh you can make the case for that almost every game of the season. You can make the case that with with uh you know Kawhi looking the way he's looked over the first three games and you know our our roster being this deep, I mean we've we've got a chance every single night. I remember um putting together some stats at the end of last season and um whether even in the games in which the Raptors lost and I'm only talking about the regular season here but even in games where they had lost, they were in it in the last uh, two minutes. Either the game would end in a very close score, like within two or three points, or the Raptors had a chance to win in the final possession. So um, it was not until I think it was from Christmas all the way through to the end of the season, they had either won a mat- or won a game or lost by like within the last minute or so. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to say is the Raptors are always in these games, regardless of who it is on the other side of the court.
2: Yeah, totally. And, and, and you know what? I was listening to uh, Jeff Blair uh, on Sportsnet, and it was just funny when he was talking to Matt Devlin. He was asking, He's like, hey, you know what? Uh, let me know when you see Kawhi Leonard being rusty or trying to get get those kinks out of his play because he looks damn good. And to think that Kawhi, not only Kawhi, but the Raptors aren't even uh, at full stint, we haven't even seen the long right play yet. Like, we still have mm. a, a ceiling to, to hit. Like you know, I'm just gonna keep on iterating. It's it's kind of great to watch, and I don't see this streak ending anytime soon.
1: Yeah, yeah. But speaking of our streak, uh, we've got a very exciting, prophetic game for what the Eastern Conference Finals might look like between uh, the Raptors and mm-hmm. our new rivalry with Washington. Within the last couple of years, with a little bit lighter of a game, uh, the Charlotte Hornets. Um, all three were interesting and fun in their own right. Uh, one was full of finesse, one was a little uneasy feeling, because the, the, we saw a, a couple of kinks and moments of rust, and the last one was fun and not serious at all in any way. I mean, what are these three games that we faced in, within this week?
0: I was really impressed with. Uh, you know, I think we saw a different side of the Raptors in each of those those games. Yeah. In the Boston game, you saw. Um, uh, I would like to consider that game the coming out party for Kawhi Leonard. Like his first game was against Cleveland was very rusty, sh- didn't shoot that well. Um, tried to assert himself. You know he he had more shots than anyone else, but when it came to the Boston game, first half looking very much like that Cleveland game. Missed a lot of shots. He went into halftime three for eleven, um, you know, and, and we, he already had the excuse built in of like, you know, he's just trying to work his way, you know, get his legs under him and uh, get used to his new teammates. But he came out of halftime just like man on a mission. Uh, he scored the first eight, eight of the first twelve points of the Raptors. Totally took over that quarter, took an, and helped the Raptors take control of the game, um, and then we. Even though it was a close game up until the last couple of minutes, that's when we turned it on as a team. And um, seeing that finish, uh, and and how we were able to close off, close out that game, that twelve-two run, and and uh, the double block from Green Ooh, and Kawhi. I mean, what did incredible. you guys think, man? That I mean, I know we, I, want, I know you're asking about all three games, but I mean that game alone, like Boston, it was just.
2: I mean, okay, let let's. We're gonna keep talking about Kawhi, and it's really easy to talk about Kawhi. But let's talk about the other players that actually made a really big impact too. Let's talk about Danny Green and Serge. Those two guys mm-hmm. have been killing it. Uh, sometimes off the bench and sometimes on the starting lineup. But regardless, they've been Danny Green has been shooting the lights out. Serge Ibaka has like found a new groove. I don't know what is up with him, but yep. I think it's because. I think it's because Nick Nurse has accumulated both JV and Serge as fives. They're not going to play together as a four and five anymore like we saw with Dwayne Casey's Mm -hmm. system. It's Serge Ibaka, you're a five. JV, you're a five. Now play it to your strength. And I think that Serge really is is really flourishing in that because that's what he played as when he was in OKC. He was the rim protector. He was going to crash the boards. And that's exactly what he's doing uh, with Toronto
1: yeah when he was first picked up it was when the raptors were kind of trying to pick up anybody that could stop the cavaliers in the playoffs so i think that's what they were looking for was just like a defensive edge but now that we have a new coach and a new team that can kind of rotate a little bit as you said now the five of course we still have a stronger defensive presence our newly accumulated players I mean, this guy's like the blocking king now. This guy's like, however yeah, he is, if he's on fire with points or whatever, he's crazy defensively regardless. Like, you're right, this is a new side of uh,
0: it. I think we're seeing a bit of the the, the surge that we were hoping to have acquired. Yeah. Like the, the, the 2013 OKC Thunder surge. This is the one that everyone got excited about uh, when we first picked him up in that uh, Terrence Ross trade the magic um, it's very promising to see this I mean I I'll, I'll admit if you had asked me before the season who who I would have guessed would have been the biggest I guess disappointment or the one who I am I guess least excited about going into the season it probably would have been surge because under Dwayne Casey he just wasn't fitting and I at first I thought that was a product of him but really I, it starting to show that it was really a product of the lineups that Casey was putting him in trying to fit him in um, next to JV um, in that starting lineup just wasn't working and now that they've been separated and now that Serge is playing in the starters with the starters uh, it's it's working out really well his shots are starting to fall um, you know having those versatile uh, wings on the perimeter have has allowed him to guard the rim and protect the rim, at a much easier uh, rate, whereas before, when Demar Derozan, let's say for example, was on the perimeter and he's blow by him, um, that left Ibaka kind of uh, you know in 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 catch up mode. Whereas now, you know, we it, it's hard for anyone to really get by a perimeter guy, so he can just kind of wait there and and get his blocks when, whenever he can, help out on the weak side. So yeah, again, very promising to see uh, surge. But I just mentioned also. Our new wings so like uh, talk about Danny Green guys like he's like I think he's the plus-minus leader of the NBA or something to that he's been incredible yeah he's been yeah, shooting he's, the lights out goddamn
1: he's absolutely crazy and it's not even just the shooting the lights out which when we picked up somebody like CJ miles I think we were hoping for somebody as crazily consistent as Danny Green but now we have a Danny Green like this guy is not just consistent offensively, but defensively. I mean, you brought up the double block, of course, which uh, both of the Popovich boys were there, Kawhi and, and Danny, but that just goes to show that Danny is almost a steal that we got in this trade. Like, Absolutely. he wasn't even the main focal point. And I remember we were excited when we first got him, but you you never know because like a in a new lineup with, under a new coach, sometimes these things just don't meld the way that you think they will. But no, I think... He was an absolute steal because no disrespect to Purtle. Purtle's a good player, but Green is a great player. And I, I honestly think we, we ran away with an extra, a little bit of extra than we were anticipating.
2: Yeah, I feel like not only Danny Green is is accumulating himself into uh, such a great player for us, but he's such a good locker room presence, I feel, as well. Like Even mm. when you listen to him in his post-interviews, like he, he talks like a veteran, for sure, and, and he knows. I, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I see the post-interviews, I like to see whose locker is beside each other, and I think Danny Green is beside OG and Norman Powell, and I wouldn't put anybody else there beside him to soak up the – the experience that Danny Green has somewhat like Norman Powell. Um, when Norm plays uh, in previous years, you can tell that he's been really nervous and really uh, he's tried to force a lot of things. But now uh, I feel like um, because of Delon Wright right uh, and his injury, Norman has to uh, step in and take a few minutes of that. And I just feel like because of his, his freedom, Danny, Danny Green's influence on Norm. I also feel like Norman Powell is playing really well under the wing of Danny Green.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Um, norm has looked like uh, a little bit of the norm of two years ago and three years ago. Uh, a lot more assertive is making better decisions. Like the, We will still see the occasional uh, mental breakdowns of of um, you know, rushing some shots or missing a defensive assignment. Um, but there have been more positive signs this season than already that I've seen this season than I have. Uh, last year, where he was really much, pretty much deemed a, a disappointment. And yeah, you're right. I mean, I didn't even notice that. Like, I didn't notice that his his locker was near or even next to Danny Green. And that's a, a, the kind of. Um, it's one of the little things that I guess people don't really think about. Is you know, you've got two quiet guys an OG and OG and and Norm, and yeah, they can just totally soak it up from from whatever Danny can can hand down to them.
2: It's also kind of interesting because Kyle doesn't have anybody beside him anymore. The Mars locker is not taken yet.
1: Oh, oh, really? Yeah, it's blank. It's it's available for Jimmy Butler. <laughs> oh, <maybe>. oh, gosh. <laughs> Let's not go down that road again because that's not happening. But now, um...
0: you know what? You know what? I'm going to steal this opportunity to throw in a, a little mini hot take here. Yeah. I cannot think of any deal. I'm, I I know I was I throw I've obviously had some fun with the trade machine and tried to figure out any deal that would make sense. I cannot for the life of me. of any deal that would actually benefit the raptors before the season or even last week i was thinking okay as long as powell plays well as long as ibaka plays well we can package those two up and whatever but you know what i don't want to get rid of them i like the way our team is is currently constructed there's there's no way i see butler fitting in where i feel like it is actually good for the short term actually it would be really good in the short term But in the long term, I mean, his his contract and what that would entail. I mean, that would be, I I don't know. I'm I'm going off tangent here. I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm not. uh, I I I've already thrown it out of my mind the possibility of us trying to acquire Butler.
1: I mean, I agree because when the before the games or like before yeah the season started, you know, was it was a pipe dream. Like, what if uh, we have a superstar, but what if we got another one? But looking at how we performed against a very stacked Boston. A very gruesome Wizards when it comes to the Raptors versus the Wizards. And just, you know, in any old jovial game against Walker and the Hornets, we're a well-oiled machine. We have so many facets, so many lineups, so many possibilities on how to win, which I've not seen on a Raptors team in a very, very, very long time. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And currently with 4-0 and and the only other team that's even close to us are the Nuggets. It ain't broke, so let's not fix it. Yeah, man.
0: And yeah, it's look, it's looking really good. Yeah.
1: I wanted to step in with Kyle, going back on yep.
0: his
2: tangent, actually, because that he his locker beside his locker is empty. Do you think that? he requested that. Do you think because of his respect and his friendship with Demar, he didn't want anybody on his side or in his locker? Because the it, it went viral. I don't know if you saw that video of uh, Kyle doing his handshake without Damar um,
0: yeah. free game.
2: He had an interview Single with... Tier. Yeah, he had that little interview with NBA TV after the uh, Wizards game. And he said, you know what, that's my dog. That's going to be my uh, friend for life. And, and that it's more of a superstition thing because all NBA players have their own routine going through all the superstitions, so I'm wondering if you guys think that Kyle requested for nobody to sit beside him in the locker room.
1: With all things considered, it seems like that's the case. If he's going to be continuing traditions, rituals without him, it, it only makes sense.
0: I don't know if he... I don't know if that's... Um, I don't know really what to think about this. I, I want to say that that is, uh, was not his request, and I'd like to think that that was just... um maybe a coincidence? I don't know. It, it's hard to say because he said all the right... He, he has said all the right things in terms of, you know, wanting to move forward. Yeah, DeRozan's my guy, but, you know, we, we... This is this is my job, right? Like, you know, people aren't working with their friends all the time. So, like, it's cool. Like, I, I, I still talk to him every night and whatever. So, in the locker room, you know, it's... This is his job as a Raptor. So, if, if he's going to be in the middle of two raptors or if he's off by himself. Like he he's a professional. So I, I'd like to think that that's not on purpose and that just happened to happen. Um but yeah I guess that's 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 how I see it.
2: That's fair. I'm um, speaking of Lowry, I mean he didn't win um player of the week that went to Campbell Walker, but I'd argue that he should have. I mean looking at his stats right now, he's averaging twenty one point five points per game. League average is ten point four. And He's, he's averaging 10 assists per game. He's averaging 78.6% free throw percentage. And the most highlighted one, 57.7% three-pointers. So I think that he, he definitely should have won player of the week. Just saying.
1: Another thing to consider, though, is Kemba Walker did average more. He had the highest average in the league. Sure. What he didn't have, though, are the wins. And the way I see it, you can score so much, you can do whatever, but if you're not pulling out with, with the dub, yes, it's an amazing feed and all of that. And I think Walker is a terrific player. In fact, I think he's marginally an underrated player. Perhaps this year he'll probably finally get his his just desserts. Lowry had the, had the wins though. So it's like with all of these points that Walker got and these assists and everything, he, it was him fighting as a lone wolf try to hold up his team, but did they contribute to wins? Not always. With Lowry, they did. Because you saw the performance at other players and everything. So I'm just saying, like, the fact that the Joker, uh, Jokic, on the West got it, that makes sense, because what do they have? A hot streak. You know, he he is the second player ever to have a perfect triple-double alongside Will Chamberlain, which is nuts. That's crazy. But The fact is, they still won. They're three and zero right now, and they're probably going to win tonight's game as well because they're facing what the so. In that reason alone, I do agree. I even though Walker had better stats, Lowry had the wins, and and I I would even more important.
0: I would even say that Campbell Walker had like I mean just just like what what Jay already outlined, right? I mean, um, all of those stats are outstanding. Yeah, sure. Walker has more points. That's it, right? Um, if we're, if we're going to be looking at records, you've got three teams to choose from who finished last week in the East uh, with a perfect record. You got the Raptors, you got the Pistons. Hey, Casey. And yeah. the Bucks. So, I mean, it was the Bucks, right? I believe I, it was the Bucks. I
1: think Bucks so. three, we'll no. see, yeah. about the Pistons record. They're currently tied 120 and there's 30 seconds left. So it's a bit of a nail biter. I,
0: but I mean, back to, to, but you're right. But to the point of like where we're talking about, you know, this is the player of the week for last week, right? So, all the games that ended on Sunday. And those were the three East teams that you you probably could have chosen from. Um, You know, I would have, the only reason I would have gone with something like a a Walker is if like he did everything in his power and they still lost and it was something incredible like that. But you know, the reason, the real reason I think Lowry didn't get it is because if I believe there is a vote on this and if anything, it was like the votes were split between Lowry and Kawhi when really, Mm. I mean, advanced stats will tell you that easily it was Lowry's been the best player for the for the Raptors but yeah, no doubt. he my guess is he probably lost some votes to to Kawhi whereas Kemba's not splitting votes with anybody really right um and one more quick Lowry stat um from NBA.com uh they we, we were already mentioning the assists per game right he's at what I think Jay you're saying is 10 per game right uh
2: he's 10 assists 10. per
0: game yeah and that's I think ranked second in the league or something like that um but it's the way those assists have been distributed. If you look at how those break down per game, he does not contribute even two assists to a single person. So, in other words, he is distributing those 10 assists per game to, on average, about six people per game. Hmm.
2: Uh,
0: so, he is really spreading the wealth. It's not just, okay, I'm going to give it to Kawhi and he'll rack up the points. No, I mean, yeah, Kawhi is the one who who has earned him the most assists, but it's only one point eight. He's been getting assists to JV and OG, and like it's it's so spread out, it's amazing. And that is the real true leadership that we're seeing from him.
2: Yeah, totally. Like in seasons before, it would mostly be to Damar and or JV, and if there was any other person, it would him, you know, trying to dribble to the to the end of the shot clock and having to force it up to some like someone like Fred VanVleet who miraculously would get a lot of contested and late in the shot clock threes but now it's like okay I'm gonna drop it down to Siakam because he's gonna run a floor I'm gonna drop it down to Surge because there's a mismatch I'm gonna drop it to Kawhi because you know he can shoot a three with a hand in his face like he's been distributing to everybody on the floor getting everybody involved and that's what I feel like a true leader does Kimba yeah he's a really really good and definitely an underrated player that's for damn sure but it is mostly points and threes so if you're talking about a real leader a real mvp for a team you got to give it to kyle and that's not just being biased there it's just saying Kawhi is going to he's going to get all the spotlight and for for good reason but if you're if you're going to say somebody who is going to lead the team kyle is that person and if I would go even further, if there was ever a coach of the month or a coach of the week, I would say, you got to give it to Nick Nurse, man. Hey, hey, hey.
1: He stepped up to the plate with so much pressure. This team that he was handed, the new players, the new keys. How much should we have to learn? What was Casey good at? What was Casey flawed with? What is this bare basics team that we have? And with the improvement we see in players like Ibaka, the proof's in the pudding. Like,
0: And we, we, we've got... We've got- four games in a row now with four different starting lineups that that's
1: if true. that's not
0: if that's not a mark of of some amazing coaching right i mean he's uh he's made the right moves throughout the games you know the out of timeout uh plays have been uh, amazing um, you know against boston he made the right moves at the right times to combat um tatum's hot streaks um, you know we yeah i agree like, and and I guess if we were to take that one step further, yeah, there's no coach of the week. Um, But you better believe he's going to be one of the first names mentioned when it comes to the first coach of the month that's going to be announced uh, at the uh, uh, the beginning of November. And that is where I think Kyle Lowry will get his due.
1: Hopefully, because uh, even like the Wizards game, where Kawhi effectively was rested the entire game. He was, yeah. Yeah, you had a very very hungry as they always are against us wizards team that you know i hate them they're so annoying (laughs) (laughs) they trash talk our bench uh when they're walking past especially Ubre over there um you know wall and beal yes they trash talk as well but they they are great players so it's a little bit frightening because they actually put their money where their mouth is usually but that was very daunting, and I remember when I first heard that Kawhi was resting, and it's like, I, I know, I see why this is good, but I'm really scared right now, but Nick Nurse did everything in his power to make sure that we made up for it. It wasn't just a throwaway game, obviously, because this this is the kind of game we would have to never let it down, because we would hear about it until the next Wizards game, that the Wizards beat us, and we have Kawhi, or you rested, la da and I'm very glad because to be, in all brutal honesty, it was a very off game for both teams. But with that being said, it was all about which coach could pull us out of the, this bad situation better. Because again, both teams were playing badly. And I think Nurse did a better job.
0: I, I don't know if I feel the same way. I, I know that, uh, and this is more not so much about the game, um i actually missed a large portion of it so i can't really speak to how well or or how poorly we played Uh, i'd like to think that you know just judging by the highlights and a couple of things i'd seen here and there that we actually played a solid game washington just started hitting some incredible shots in the fourth to to make it close um but um one thing i will mention and this is kind of not related to the game itself but it's the general feeling that I'm getting around NBA Twitter uh, and some friends who I've spoken to is the concern over Lowry, uh, sorry Leonard sitting at all. Um, and what I'm hearing a lot of is, you know, is he actually really healthy? Um, is this the kind of thing where it's going to be happening all season long where he rests on a back-to-back? Like, how healthy is he really? And personally, I'd like to squash that. Uh, i think that he is absolutely healthy he's 100% healthy there are some game reps that he obviously still needs to get in i mean if you think about it again he's only played this is now he's played his third game as a raptor and really his 12th game in the last 18 months mm-hmm. so let's give the guy a bit of a break here in terms of of his poor shooting percentages so far and his working his way you know in with a new team but the rest itself is actually part of a Uh, it's being called a load maintenance program um, where on the occasional back to back, he will rest. Um, Mind you, keep in mind too, we were also playing our third game in four nights. So um, again, what we shouldn't expect this all season long. um, It will happen on from time to time. And also this is only the third, this was only the third game of the season. really. So, I mean, it's, If there are games where you can experiment with different lineups, this was a great opportunity for uh, Nick Nurse to really see how all of these different lineups could work without Kawhi. He has a whole game to work with now. So, um, you know, as you can tell, you guys have been podcasting me for a while now. You know I'm the kind of guy who's glass half full. And maybe that's a glass half full kind of approach to looking at this. But I, I haven't seen anything in any of these three games that we've seen from Kawhi that tells me that he's not healthy. So I'm talking it up to part of the load maintenance program and not anything else other than that.
1: I don't even think you're a half-class full kind of person, which you are, but I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I totally understand most sports fanatics as visceral, heartfelt fanatics. Sometimes what you need is to step back and think log- logistically mentally about it which i think you do very very often and that's why i think it's a little bit more than just being optimistic it's being rational because a lot of people see quiet sitting out and it's think about it sports we talked about rituals that uh kyle lowry does you know it's luck it's it's win or lose it's black and white everything is i have to sit on lucky couch You know, bad news is, is bad news. There's never good news. Kawhi sits out for an entire year. Oh my God! Now we're sitting out again. So people are always very quick, especially on Twitter, because Twitter, let's be honest, could be a whole series of mass hysteria when it comes to stuff like this. Like Kawhi sitting out. What? Oh my God! And people don't really read into it, and they start to freak out because everybody else is freaking out. But you raise really good points, and I I hope that our listeners that are that are hearing this. Um, also do the same thing and they step back and think about all of these things this is a precaution this is not a harbinger of things to come i feel like
2: Kawhi. we all know this Kawhi is cut from a different cloth he is a robot when it comes to i feel like anything in life but the one thing that we do know that he loves is basketball and i feel like he wasn't that Hurt. I'm sure there was misdiagnosed when he was in San Antonio. I just feel like he was healthy enough to play, especially in the playoffs. Let's be real. How can you not love basketball this much and be in the playoffs? I feel like he, what the, I guess the, the team doctors did and maybe some of the remarks that Tony Parker has said about um, Kawhi's injury did actually detriment his feelings towards playing basketball. So, I think Kawhi loves basketball too much to not want to
0: take... Like, not jeopardize it, yeah, I guess? Yeah, that yeah. What that's what, trying? That's what I'm trying over. to say. Exactly. So, so when yeah. he
2: is... he If he's going to say, you know what, I think... Uh, I, I think I can go. He's going to play. But also, if, if letting him sit out for year four, like you said, Jay, for just kind of maintenance, for his own health and for his team to play better, knowing that they're going to go into the playoffs, he's going to do that for the betterment of the team so he can play longer and as long as he can because he loves basketball that much. Remember, he was also he didn't travel with the team, so he was in Toronto getting treatment. I think he knew yep, that it was yep. for the betterment of the team. Yep. Yeah, and look, and look,
0: look at how he came out against Charlotte. He yeah. didn't travel with the team. He stayed after that Boston win. He stayed in town, played that Charlotte game. It was his best shooting performance as a Raptor. 9 of 14. He Very solid. He could have poured in more. Right? He only had 22 points, but he paid, played very few minutes. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what we can expect to see more of throughout the season.
1: I think the biggest problem people had is he doesn't talk a lot. He doesn't have a social media presence. He's not a emot- so when people don't hear things like contrap their own bad ideas, he's just fine. You know, his, he's only focused on the game, and it's funny you bring up Charlotte because uh, a couple of things about Charlotte. First off, as he always does, he just did the the bare basics of what he had to do, and he showed up. When he, when he could shoot a three, he shot a three. He didn't do it just to do it arbitrarily, but he felt the need to, and he did. When he needed to bring it up, when he needed to dunk with some finesse, that was that. But it's interesting that you also bring up Charlotte because um Charlotte, in a way, was, was a bit of a test because it did have some sort of a San Antonio reunion. Of course, Parker was there. Uh, is it just me? Because both of you watched the game, right? Yes, sir. Yep, yep. I saw Parker approaching Danny Green at the end of the game. Unless I blinked and I missed something, did he approach Kawhi or not?
0: No, actually... I'm glad you brought that up. Kawhi shook no one's hand. He went straight out to work out.
1: Now, is that because he's being disrespectful or what I think is probably the case because he's a basketball machine and he needed to refuel?
0: Uh, That's very, how do I say this, open to interpretation. Um, You know, just to give our listeners a bit of the the background on this, uh, back in March of this year, while they were still teammates, uh, Tony Parker was quoted as saying that uh, because he was, he was suffering a quad injury, which was very similar to what uh, Kawhi Leonard was also um, out with. Uh, but Tony Parker was quoted as saying that it was the same kind of injury as Kawhi's, but mine was 100 times worse. Of course, he's trying to allude to the fact that his injury was worse than Kawhi's, and yet he still played. He later said, you know, that was kind of taken out of context. But fast forward uh, to July, uh, sorry to June, when Kawhi first makes first made his trade uh, demands known. According to the great Woj, uh, he's the last straw for Kawhi Leonard was Tony Parker's comments. So there's history there.
1: Yeah, because I think a lot of what happened with Kawhi, and we probably talked about this in the first episode, was him trying to be safe, sit out. Take care of himself. Not become a Tracy McGrady or Yao Ming, who are fantastic players who got plagued by their injuries. Either they had to retire early, or they became you know bench warmers sooner than they would would have liked to have been. Like he didn't want to be plagued by injuries that just kept coming and coming and coming and coming and coming. So what started off is him try to be safe through the toxicity of the player, the staff, the fan base that that probably was the final straw cuz here you have a San Antonio veteran publicly accosting another another player basically saying that he's i don't know like like wimpy for it i don't know but yeah. I, I don't blame him for that being the final straw because you know you can only take so much but you know it's unfortunate that that parker was like that i get that he's frustrated but you know the spurs like the raptors are a family family based franchise and I mean, I mean, I get it. Why you would need to um, emancipate yourself?
0: And and speak. It's funny you bring up the Spurs because I'm, I, I, and I think I'm going to be guilty of this for the first little bit of the season in terms of like keeping up with how DeRozan is doing. He's by the way, he's doing amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, last night he helped his Spurs. Uh, I would like to think he exercised a few demons here um, by helping his new team defeat his old nemesis in LeBron James and the Lakers. Uh, LeBron is and his Lakers are now Um, 0-3. Any thoughts on this, guys?
1: Look, the Lakers have a number of things that need to be ironed out. Clearly, some of their decisions are going really well. You have JaVale McGee probably playing better than he's ever played. um, Because I know he... Had a bit more of a presence before the whole Shaqtin the food thing kind of screwed him up, and of course he. Won oh, some I'm. Oh, I have
0: to cut. I have to cut you off here. I have to cut yes. you off here, because yes. I, if you can, Jay, if you can bring up an old sound clip or whatever, I am hundred percent sure I said it maybe last episode, possibly two episodes ago. JaVale McGee this season could put up DeAndre Jordan type numbers. Because remember, he's got Rondo, he's got Ball, he's got LeBron. All he has to do is stand by the rim and just except Lobs, all game long. And what has happened?
1: What has happened,
0: right? And as an aside, he is yes, he is on my fantasy team. All right, sorry, go on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll just just wrap it up quickly because I feel like we haven't (laughs) heard from Jason too long, so I'll just wrap it up quickly. You do have foundation pieces, but there's already a lot of conflict. And of course, you know, we can allude to the Chris Paul, Rajon Rondo, Ingram fight, but even though that was what looked like a team fight, you know, between teams, I feel like there's a lot of internal conflict as well because already, and I don't know if either of you have noticed this, there's somewhat of a very subliminal power struggle between Rondo and James. James, obviously a, a player that, that likes to coach his team as well. I feel like, have any of you noticed that Rondo kind of like likes to follow his trail and talk to the exact same players in order with an additional thing to say? Like he has to get the final word and be like, oh yeah, by the way, you know, just some extra expertise because I've got a championship ring too. Uh, this and this this, this and this. I totally think there's some power imbalance there between Rondo and and LeBron. What do you think, Jason? Do you think it's gonna last? I, I you know what? I see your point. I definitely see your point because
2: Rondo has probably played with some of the best players in like our our
0: generation. Generation, you would yeah. say,
2: you know, with the KG and the Paul Pierce and Ray Allen and now with LeBron James. Like I know that there is an internal struggle when, because okay, I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna be biased or anything. I'm not going to point any fingers. I don't really like Rajon Rondo very much. I don't. He no. He's kind of like, a, to me, a sleazy player, especially with his homophobic slur not just too long ago. And when you have someone like... Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, when you have someone like LeBron James, who's more of like a father figure, like you said, Andreas, like a head coach kind of figure, he's done well with the young players. Rajon Rondo is definitely going to come in there and be like, oh yeah, I, I have something to say too, for sure. And <laughs> and he could say that he's, he's standing up for his teammates, but you know that Rajon Rondo has a has had beef with chris paul before so i don't know he's he's kind of sleazy and i feel like yeah i don't think that's going to last so honestly this zero three doesn't really surprise me too much you have a center of javel mcgee and watching that when they were playing san antonio spurs when javel was in foul chummer they put out who was it i think it was ivaka subak and Jonathan uh-huh. Williams to to guard the oh my god, it's losing my mind. The 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 Center for for the Spurs. Aldridge? Yeah, thank you. Aldridge? I don't know why I couldn't say it. Yeah, Aldridge was destroying <laughs> I was thinking of the Lakers. Okay. No, when yeah, yeah. Aldridge, when JaVale McGee was trying to guard him, he was quick fouls and they put Zubik on there. And then every single uh-huh. time, every possession the Spurs had, they just threw it down to Aldridge and boom, either a foul or a layup or a shot. It was, it was incredible. So they are so, so weak when it comes to the center and forward position. They are so small. And when your guards aren't, you know hitting those threes, Kuzma was on fire yesterday. But if you guys can't shoot and you don't really have anyone else but James to score and facilitate, like 0 oh, 3 is not really surprising,
0: yeah. And, and and one if one more part about the the whole Rondo bron thing, um, I, maybe it's because I haven't watched as many of the games as, as you guys have, but um, I think it's fair to say that you know, you've got two alphas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know. It's in Rondo's nature to want to, you know, command some respect. And when you're teamed up with LeBron, you know, I'm a little shocked. I'm not shocked by the record. I'm not shocked that the games have turned out the way they have. But I guess what I am a little bit shocked about is, is Rondo's attitude. He has been in this situation before. Yes, he's played with great players before. But Kevin Garnett was an alpha as well, right? And... When you've got all those heads butting, you know, and there, there were, you know, there was internal fighting there too. Obviously, that didn't really matter because it still ended up winning a championship together. Um, but when that was a different type of team, that would, team was filled with veterans, mm-hmm. whereas this Laker squad is—it's uh, mm-hmm. a mixed bag. You know, there, there are some veterans here, but there are a lot of young guys, and they're going to be looking up to you and. If they're getting mixed messages from the, you know, "quote unquote" father figure that LeBron is, or the the more combative style that Rondo seems to bring about, um, it's it's not good for the team. Um, and you know, I I can't help but think about look forward to mid December and see where the Lakers are at because if they are nowhere near the uh, the playoffs, or if they're at least No, actually, no. Let's think of it this way. If they are near or in and around playoff range at around mid-December, let's say they're hovering around the 8th spot, mid-December is when you can start to trade the guys you signed in the summer. So don't be surprised if LeBron puts his GM hat on and starts making some moves.
2: Outside of um, Kuzma, if your third best player is Josh Hart, yeah, there's going to be some trades, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. On the flip side, if they if they continue down this road, if they're like, you know, right now they're they're obviously at zero and three, they're at the bottom of the standings. But if they continue to hover around here or at the bottom of the standings, then then I can totally see a situation where LeBron just kind of plays out the season because this was always a long play for him. Like the these guys that the, this team that they put together, they um, it's it's a weird mesh of talent. It's almost as if I mean, and everyone was signed to one year deals, so. He can totally start from scratch all over again, uh, keeping a couple of the young guys like Ball and Kuzma in tow. But from there, really, like, start to, you know, recruit his second superstar and build anew for next year. So, I mean, I I see both scenarios happening.
1: Well, uh, I will just bring up something, uh, speaking of this whole LeBron thing, because uh, there's one factor we have to bring in, which, you know, had to do with the LeBron James trade. Something that might... <laughs> Blow your mind. Wow. The Cavaliers have okay. not won a single game. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, well, uh, have not won a single game without LeBron James. And how different is her team uh, aside from LeBron trade? Not very, right? They still have Love. They still have Thompson. A lot of key players like Corver. They have not won a single game and they were thrashed by the Hawks. That just goes to show LeBron's presence. But having said that. You have another struggling team here with the Lakers. Well, the last game, not heavily as much, but he's trying to bring up numbers again, trying to support this team. But you'd think you'd have a little bit more help with this team than, again, the Cavaliers were All-Stars to an extent. But do you think we're going to be seeing something similar if things don't really go as way as a GM? Is he going to have to drag the entire team with his heels to the playoffs? What do you guys think? you thinking about the Cavs or Lakers? Of the Lakers. Oh, yeah, no,
2: for sure. He's going to definitely be dragging that team. But if it, it just to say back to the, the Cavaliers, I don't know who I was listening to. I just remember when they were getting thrashed by the Hawks, uh, they were saying how Ty Lu and everybody else on the Cavs were looking back on on the bench and saying, Oh, when is LeBron going to bring us back in this game? But <laughs> LeBron wasn't there anymore? <laughs> so, hang on a
1: yeah. Where, where's our coach? Am I yeah, no, exactly. I'm right here. I Exactly. oh damn, he's not uh, uh
2: Lance. Okay, you go in there. So it's just really funny how to see um I mean the, in NBA power rankings, Cavaliers are dead last. They're number thirty. And it's it's not okay okay no I'm sorry it is quite satisfying (laughs) to see the Cavaliers dead last and we're number one in the power rankings but I don't know it's only been a week it's only been a week it's just you know there's nothing nothing of me feels sorry for the Cavaliers you know
1: but I do feel a little bit sorry for the Cavaliers because let's be honest for the last four years of their team that has been a little bit of a hodgepodge collage, paper mache project of LeBron James, who could we recruit on the team? Because he did play GM, let's be honest. And now that he's gone, which I don't blame him, this is the one time that he's left a team that I don't really discourage because, I mean, look at the result, look at how they are without him. He had to carry this whole team. Why should he have to at his age? This is a science experiment by LeBron. And these are the results and they're kind of Try face it without him. So, from that aspect, I do feel a little bit sorry but having said that with all of the rivalries and everything. It feels good. <laughs> That's all I know. Yeah, man.
2: <laughs> but yeah, to finish this up, uh Jay, I see that you got a article with the uh, Raptors HQ about the upcoming schedules and do you think that the Raptors might go 6 and 0? Explain, please.
0: Yes. Well, the uh, again, we we mentioned it earlier their next game is uh, again, we are, we are uh, recording this on Tuesday night, which is actually, uh, by the time it comes out, it'll probably be the game time for Minnesota, which is on Wednesday. Um, and what I mentioned in my article is that typically when Minnesota comes to town, all we're talking about is the homecoming of Andrew Wiggins. Um, I think he is the furthest thing from all of our minds uh, everyone's talking about Jimmy Butler. I think Andrew Wiggins is uh, actually not playing tomorrow. He's injured. He's injured, and he's also yeah. He's. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's been officially ruled out, but yeah, he's he's battling a uh, what was it a contusion it, somewhere? It
1: is um, like something. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, and, th- and that uh, brings me to two points actually. Number one is everyone's talking about Butler, and um, take this for for what it's worth. But uh, you know, Butler was FaceTiming yesterday with Kyle Lowry um but i'm sure there's, there's there's nothing to see there right um and the other thing i'm going to bring up is um this t wolves team is very uh, uh i don't know how to, how to say this but like they're a very hard team to gauge and that's probably an understatement um of course when you think about all of the off-court antics that have been going on with butler and the team but even looking at um, them on the court it's been really weird so if we look at Jimmy Butler and how the team performs with him on the court, but with Wiggins and Towns on the bench, they do really well. They are a plus 15.5 in net rating. On the flip side, actually not even on the flip side, flip the switch a bit and put Butler on the bench and have townsman Wigan on the court, the team is a plus 29.2 net rating. So in other words, these guys are not made for each other. They obviously do well when they're not on the court, all three of them at the same time, because when they are, they're a negative 11.7 net rating. So the team is a bit weird to keep track of. They're all over the place, um, which is why, I mean, this was not a hard prediction for me. Um, mm. I, I predicted a... A Toronto win I mean mind you when I wrote this on Sunday night that was with the knowledge that Wiggins was playing now that he's not playing not that again it's going to make that big of a difference my prediction is not going to change uh, maybe the, the the margin of victory will slightly more but uh, do you guys feel the same uh, win tomorrow
1: um, yeah as a major Minnesota Timberwolves fan and a Mavericks fan as well like this is going to be an interesting couple of games for me um I completely agree with what you're saying. It's noteworthy, though, that I just wonder, and I'm saying this as a fan, what this team would look like with a different coach instead of Thibs. Like, if uh, these three players, especially Cat and, and Butler, weren't exhausted with minutes last year, because their minutes were freaking ridiculous last year, if Cat had the heart in him... And was it performing as EJ from inside the NBA called it a triple single for a <laughs> center, which is a very <laughs> embarrassing stat to have. There's obviously talent here, but the heart's not. And because there's no heart, they do better when they're not all three on the court at the same time as you were saying. So that side of it, it's, it's a little heartbreaking, but if it keeps the streak going for the Raptors, while well, the T-Wolves figure it out, let it, yeah, dub for the Raptors. What do you think, Jason?
2: I think it's going to be closer than we think. Jimmy Butler is always has you know, the heart of the Raptors fans on on his fingertips. And for some reason or another, he always pulls it out. So I, I know. I'm, I think that uh, with someone like Kawhi going to take over with Jimmy, it's going to be closer. I feel like closer than the last previous games. Uh, or no, sorry. The, yesterday's game versus... Um, Charlotte. So this one's going to be a uh, either a heartbreaker, but hopefully uh, a tense one. We pull it up by one or two points. That's what I think is going to happen.
0: You you already mentioned why you're so wrong, and it's Kawhi. Kawhi <laughs> is going to be Garden Jimmy. I mean, that's really, I you, so. you're you're ab- you're absolutely right though. Like we have a bad history facing uh, you know the the Butler Tibbs Taj Gibson yeah. combo. Yeah. But, you know, the, the one thing that really has changed the equation is, is the insertion of Kawhi. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this win. I, I, on, in my article, I predicted a six-point win. Um, and also my article, and I think you got a kick out of this, uh, Jay, um, was the last time Minnesota visited Toronto and won was back in January of 2004. Mm-hmm. 2004. that's 14 years ago that is before facebook launched that is before janet jackson's breasts were exposed (laughs) to the world like that is a long time ago that was before obama was president so if you're telling me that the timberwolves are coming to town and beating these raptors the best raptors in franchise history i don't think so
1: we'll see because i don't know if you agree do you think uh do you think tibbs maybe what's holding the back
0: He's absolutely what's holding them back, but because he also is not just their coach, he's their GM. GM, right? That's I think never a
2: good idea. It's it, they're always that's, should that's be. That's never a good I, idea. I don't like. You've seen it with uh, was it Stan Van Gundy with Detroit. Like you, Stan Van Gundy. Like you, it just yep. doesn't. It doesn't work. Why have? Why be the GM? The the coach. It's like being the the GM of your own company and also being the salesperson, also being the accounting, and also it just doesn't work. Why? Why put yourself in that? Scenario.
1: I don't understand. Speaking of Detroit, though, one thirty-three, one thirty-two, and overtime. Detroit. Wow. 76ers. Oh, Dwayne Casey,
0: three and hold on.
1: There, there, there's a there
0: is a bit of a asterisk at that one, though. I don't think Simmons played. So that's
1: no, no he yeah. didn't.
0: So and... I mean, again, I'm not going to diminish the fact that you know they they did beat a solid you know playoff contending team. I'm just going to say. Congrats, Casey. You're doing awesome.
2: Hey, man, Kawhi didn't also, play versus Washington. That's,
1: that's true. true. But Blake Griffin is showing numbers that he, we haven't seen from him in years. Crazy, crazy, crazy game. This could have been what he needed. Uh, a little bit of Dwayne Casey. But for now, we've got a little bit of Nick Nurse. We're 4-0. and I think we're doing really well, too. So I think every Raptor alumni that has been affected from Masai's GM moves is doing well. Uh, Casey's winning. Demar's putting up numbers and winning. We're winning. I think that's a good note to wrap on. I think so, too.
2: Uh, Well, besides Proto, he only played, like, he's only averaging like eight minutes. But regardless, I think... They- oh, hold on. No
0: no. no, no, no. We cannot wrap it up at this. No. Because we're talking about... Because when everyone listens to this podcast and they hear us talking about the Pistons and the Sixers, we have to mention Blake Griffin's line. 50 points. 5-0. What? game-winning and... Game winning and one. Fourteen boards. Six dimes. Five triples. Jay
2: Z on your fantasy team. Uh no, he's not. <laughs> no, but okay. for a second
1: we were we were just speculating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe he was and that's why it was important to bring up I know McGee. Yeah, exactly. Is right. What's that? McGee is though, right? Yeah, you said McGee. Oh, was. you better you better believe I got McGee. McGee.
0: Hey, since since we brought it up since we brought it up in the last pod... Uh, Jay hit us up with, with how did you do in your first week did you win did you lose how did you do you know
2: what I actually won one of them and I was down on two about five points or so because we're going category wise but then I pulled out a tie what up nice what nice up? Just a right week. now I'm also oh, yeah. I'm also getting shmammed so we'll see remember I was getting you know killed last time we recorded and I
0: came back so we'll see we'll see yeah, you gotta play all Thaddeus, the way through to Sunday Thaddeus night.
2: Thaddeus Young, I swear to, I sw- I thought Thaddeus Young was gonna be pretty big with Indiana. I gotta drop him.
0: No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on,
1: him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hold all right. on. All right. All, right. all right, It's too early. It's too early. <laughs> all
1: right, Andre. Wrap this up, man. <laughs> well, you can find us on That's a Wrap Pod, and where can we find all of our uh, CJ PJ um, contributors? Jay, where can we find you first? Jay.
0: Oh uh, yeah. So you guys already mentioned Raptors HQ. Um, every Monday, I've got an article looking at uh, this week's the week's matchups for the Raptors. Um, I'm also going to be a guest on the South of the Six podcast this Sunday. So Mm -hmm. look out for that one on, I believe that'll be coming out uh, either Sunday night or Monday morning. So I'm excited to join Adam Corsair and uh, talk Raptors. Um, And, and, and what else? Oh, and also on Raptors HQ next week will be my first, um, I guess, contribution to the Raptors HQ round table. We have a round table every week and uh, next week is my first time uh, being part of that. So I'm excited to be part of that. Uh, and yeah, that's me. How about you, Jay? Sweet. Uh, you can find me
2: at jlone 20 uh, on Twitter. Again, Andreas, you say you can find us at that's rep pod on Twitter. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, pod being google play wherever you find your podcast make sure to um follow us and subscribe to us leave us reviews leave us comments uh, it really helps for us to reach out to all you raptors fanatics because we love all y'all and and yeah hopefully hopefully we can pull out these uh few wings guys
0: six and oh yeah sounds good to me all right on that note guys that's a wrap Later.